0: Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to the I Am Too Annoyed From Being In Quarantine To Care About Anything podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm very bored. How are you, Chris? I feel like I'm living inside the movie, The Lighthouse. (laughs) How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks, two days. days. Exactly what you mean. Can I just say, like, I hate complaining about it because we're kind of in that weird fine line of like this whole. I mean, because we both still go to work. Like our jobs are you know considered essential. We're both still working. Like that hasn't changed. But. I believe we both also, other than work, haven't gone anywhere or done anything. Aside from like, you know, God forbid you have to go grocery shopping or something sometimes. Um, So I hate the fact that this isn't actually bad. This isn't so horrible that I can like live in self-pity. It's just bad enough that I'm annoyed and I just feel myself slowly becoming more and more bitter. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm trying really hard not to like be angry at people over not doing anything like wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy, but I really feel myself like becoming that guy. Like, like how dare you post a picture of your dog on Facebook? Your dog is ugly. I'm going <laughs> to write a really angry message about it. Hi, I'm Chris and I'm Jeff and this is the new music challenge podcast. Every week, we're going to challenge each other to listen to some new albums from this year. But not just any new releases. We're trying to take each other out of our comfort zones as much as we can. So whether you want to hear a metalhead discuss the newest pop release, or a pretentious wannabe blues musician review the hardest new metal album, this is the show for you. Anyway... (laughs) we are in fact here to talk about music because we did in fact listen to four albums this not this week because we don't do this weekly because i am a horribly unreliable and very bad at this uh jeff we're gonna kick it off with the new lady gaga album oops no we're not (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i also haven't looked at my list of like when things are coming out for a long while like i have no clue what to do well, last Friday it was my, supposed my, my to be Lady ca- Gaga, and I, I, I kind of an assumption that, that when that comes out that you're going to challenge it to me, but she pushed it back indefinitely because of the quarantine. I actually genuinely think I'm going to listen to it first before I challenge you, because like unlike, unlike Kesha, which was purely like, I'm going to throw you off the deep end because I think it's going to be funny. Lady Gaga, I feel like, might not actually be that funny or interesting to make you listen to. So okay. I'm going to listen to it first before I even consider making you listen to it. Okay. Um, and the problem is I'm actually looking at my calendar now, and the next album coming out that I'm even remotely excited about is Alanis Morissette. But that's not, in, that's not for two weeks. Oh, is there any bad stuff? I'm, but I'm glad to see her show. There's, there's, yeah, like, I'm going to have to look and see what things have come out okay. recently. But that one I am like actively looking forward to. But, um, you know, that's not for a couple weeks still. I guess we're just going to have to settle for talking about Gordon Lightfoot's album Solo. It's so easy to live with no fear or deceit. But sometimes I think maybe I have skipped a beat. The road I chose was not on Things, but sometimes it was, oh, so sweet. Beautiful transition by the way. Thank you. Um because I hear I was gonna ask you like, so Chris, what did we listen to? No no no, well done. Um yeah, so real quick before you before you give any actual commentary, um I don't know if you have any experience with Gordon Lightfoot. Other well, than maybe you've probably heard one or two songs of his. Well, I was hoping that you could clue me in on my preconceived notion about Gordon Lifewood, because I'm I'm a little familiar with his work, like a couple songs, but saying I know a ton of his stuff is like a stretch. I always kind of thought of him as like the Kenny Rogers of folk. Not that's a bad thing necessarily, rest in peace Kenny Rogers, but like he's the poppier, more accessible version of this genre that's been known for being on the raw side like um, like sometimes like like the the Kenny Rogers to Johnny Cash, you know? Okay, yeah, I can get that. Um I mean, he's definitely one of like the more well-known people in this style. I kind of look at Gordon Lightfoot as like a Bob Dylan or Leonard Cohen light. You know, yeah. he's like the reader's digest. Yeah. Guy and that's what like he's <laughs> he is he is uh the Kenny Rogers to Johnny Cash to like yeah. Bob Dylan or the the other um more raw singer songwriters that sound like this yeah exactly or i mean like leonard cohen who just kind of like spoke saying
1: leonard, um, no, leonard I cohen fairly
0: accurate leonard cohen early on did not have a great voice he he when he started doing the deep voice speak singing though um very relaxing i mean i think that's like when he started being the, at his best but also like leonard cohen uh gordon lightfoot started off like his first couple albums are you know super stripped down like voice guitar maybe a bass player and another guitar kind of thing okay and then at various points his career started having like much bigger orchestrations you've probably heard a song called the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald are you familiar with this one i i believe so that is probably his most famous song. It's also one of the songs that's like seven minutes long, and it's yeah. just verse I mean, after verse after verse. It's like the whole thing sounds exactly the same. I'm I'm looking and I'm thinking the song that I knew is like if you could read my mind. Oh, okay. I mean that that's that's totally that's yeah. That and like sense. for all I know, I, I could be listening to the like first we take Manhattan of his you know discography that's like a little bit different than some of the other shit he's done Yeah. For. Well, I mean, in some of these cases, you are so yeah um this is this album well this is an old um, man an old sad man with an acoustic guitar yes it's it's very so i'll say this is this is his 21st album and i believe one of the other albums we're covering later i think it is also their 21st album i thought that was kind of fun anyway these songs are all written in i think i read it like 2001 to 2003 He apparently was cleaning out, like, his den or an office or something, found a box of tapes with these songs on them, and was like, you know what? I'm gonna re-record these songs. So this album literally is, yeah, it is a sad old man, a man born in 1938, playing and singing these sad old songs, and when it's called solo, it's literally just him and a guitar I think there is a little bit of overdubbing but like there, there's no full band here. oh if there is overdubbing then it was not great overdubbing because there are still parts where his voice is like giving out um, I don't think one of his whistles came through on that one song where he was whistling <laughs> no. I'm still as crazy as I always have been it, no. I was like, um, "Give the man some water, please." I actually was just about to ask you if you could understand some of the words because his voice is so... Oh my god, so Gordon, breathy. your voice! I'm so sorry. Okay, but again, he is 81 years old. I no, I'm totally taking that into account, and I I agree. I'm I'm not trying to judge, but I'm i 'm used to from like the songs I know I'm used to him having like that deep voice I will never be set free, as long as I'm a ghost you can't see and uh, his it voice, big voice yeah. and his voice did not go the way of Leonard Cohen because he sounds nasally and reedy and his his yeah. it went way up um very weak sounding very very sad. It is. But I'm not gonna lie, there's something about it that I actually really like. Um again, I like this coming from exactly what it is. This is an old man who has certainly lived a life. Yeah. And it's just an old man with the guitar. I can picture him sitting on his porch singing these songs, you know, to to the neighborhood cat walking by. Um and I just I don't know, I kinda love that image. It reminds me a lot of I am a big Eric Clapton fan, and Eric Clapton, uh, his past couple albums have been very, like, old man with an acoustic guitar sitting on his front porch songs. And he's another one whose voice he sounds like an old man, because he is. Gordon Lightfoot sounds like a very old man who has probably spent many nights sleeping in the rain. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like like I said, again, um, we don't really talk about these beforehand, but We'll we'll make little comments, offhand comments back and forth. I think the yeah. one that I that I said was, um, "It's really depressing," which reminds me of Jackson C. Frank. Oh, that's that. That is how we got into that conversation, isn't it? Yeah, just another singer who, uh, you know, that he put out that one album where he had, you know, a very nice voice, and then uh, second album time comes around and his voice is already falling apart, and it just gets worse until he, you know passed away i mean his his story is, his story is, is way sadder his story is way sadder gordon again gordon life was, 81, gordon life was 81 81 and has had a hell of a career and probably a hell of a life um it has had yeah has had like a, a phenomenal career i mean multi-platinum albums you know like it unbelievable yeah absolutely unbelievable what a true american hero from canada i was gonna say um, so, so, so. Other than like having complaints about his voice, I don't um, even know if biggest, it's a complaint about... it, because well, I, 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 I do a... completely understand. But um, and I'll, I'll let you get your gameplay. But I, say, I do I completely have a understand. I have a complaint, real quick. It is just the fact that I couldn't understand some of the lyrics. Honestly, because he's he's buried under a... Like, it's a single acoustic guitar, but I honestly couldn't hear him over it sometimes. We're going to get to um, reviewing Pearl Jam shortly, but I just want to say that he mumbles saying worse than Eddie Vedder during uh, Yellow Ledbetter" on yes. this album. It's great. But yes, yes, he does. Um, I didn't... Be- because like you said... He, he did kind of mumble through a lot of this album uh, I didn't walk away with many lyrical notes good or bad but I, I do have okay. to bring up do you walk do you talk okay um, go ahead because it sounds like he wrote it in a whole five minutes
1: <laughs> particularly
0: enraging is... was the line are you small are you tall do you stick to a wall do you walk do you talk do you ever get mad are you first are you last do you live in the past are you tall are you small do you stick to the wall are you cold are you hot give it everything you've got (laughs) that is not far off of what i wrote about that song actually i mean it literally was just like this song feels really lazy. For a man who is like this world-renowned like singer, songwriter, like he's known as a great poet. I just don't know what happened during this song. <laughs> like, you wanna know what this song reminded me of? Is um what's that Van Morrison album where he was <laughs> trying to get where he was trying to get out of his record contract, so he wrote songs like Oh, uh, what are the what's the tape what's the tapeworm song? What are the words to that one? I can see by the look on your face, you got ringworm. Ringworm. I can see by the look on your face that you've got ringworm. I'm very sorry but I have to tell you that you've got ringworm. <laughs> it's a very it's a very horrible disease. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, the song where he just says, alright, you see, we're gonna get two guitars, we're gonna get four guitars, we're gonna get sixteen guitars. Um, that's the level of lyrics on the song, Do You Walk, Do You Talk? It did not take him long to write this. I don't I don't care if it sat in a drawer for ten years. There might have been a reason. It sat in a drawer for almost twenty years, I think. But Put it back yeah, in the exactly. drawer. Okay, do you have anything else that actually stood out to you, though? Um, I... I not really? Uh it was an album of a a sad man with an acoustic guitar. Uh you know I enjoy a little bit of that in my life. Um I just I I, I think I think though that his his performance uh, vocally was a little off putting, especially knowing how he used to sound and knowing how much he mumbled through this. But I gotta give you know credit where it's due for you say he's eighty three? Eighty I think I just read eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah, he's 81. He was born in 1938. Yeah, I mean, the man's seen the Second World War. Like, how the hell am I going to be mad at him? You, yeah, you really can't. Um, I mean, this is not... I don't want to say this. This is not going to go uh, on my shelf with his other albums that I own as like, oh yeah, I'm going to pull this one out just as often. But there's a couple songs I really like, and there's nothing super in particular. I really like the song "Oh So Sweet." Yeah, there are a but few again, very good songs on this. Oh So Sweet, and then I also really like e- Easy Flow. Yeah, um, and E Motion. Although I'm not really sure why it's written E hyphen Motion. I wasn't sure what he was getting so, at so that he fact. could so that, that he could also sing the fact that I so that he could sing even my E-Motion... Having said everything I ever wanted to say Should I still feel i Even my emotion Online tonight Thank you. But <laughs> just like, it's... Even so, like, those three songs, I think, are, are legitimately really good. Even after listening to the song, this album a few times, I actually have gone back to those three songs quite a few times. Yeah. Um, I have not gone back to Do You Walk, Do You Talk, though. Or Why Not Give It a Try. Um, That's another one. It, is here. Very weak closer. Okay, that's right. So this is the song that I actually really like the guitar in it. Yeah. But... It literally just opens with the lines, "Would you like to go dancing or would you like to go home?" At least I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> and when this album's only 33 minutes long. Yeah. But when I, this first came on, <clears throat> I remember thinking to myself, "Yes, Gordon, I actually would like to go home. I'm done." Mind you, I'm lying in my bed listening to this, but I remember thinking like, "I'm I'm done with this right now." It's okay, he kept asking me it at work, and I'm like, yes, I want to go home. <laughs> I do remember oh, I do remember um, it ending and just being like, wow, that was the closer. Again, as someone who's not super into, like, I don't really care about the order of of songs on an album, I do agree that I think the first and last track are important because it's the first and last thing you hear if you are an album listener. But the thing is, what would you have put instead? This is ten songs that all kind of have the same overall feel. They're sad, maybe a little bit jaded and angry, but it's not like there's a big finisher on this album. I would have put Do You Walk, Do You Talk at the end so I could turn it off early. <laughs> Alright. Valid. I'll let that go. Hey, you know what You know what it made me think of? No. Can you quack? Can you quack like a duck? <laughs> What, how, how did it oh, make yeah. you I don't know, man. Of that, that guy's name? Uh, no, it just, do you walk, do you talk, just made me think, can you quack? Oh. Just, it I... didn't actually make me think of Goat and your mom, like, jiggling That's his balls in front of the camera. No, just like, for whatever reason, do you walk, do you talk, just made me think, can you quack? Can you quack, can you quack like a duck? Okay, uh, yeah, alright, okay. Really so... solving all the world's problems here. You know who else is solving all the world's problems? Pearl Jam, Gigaton. I can hear you singing the days, I can see you when I close my eyes. All you was on there, and now you're everywhere. I'm feeling selfish, and I won't be left. I'm better myself. Feeling every night that I'm tired. You know who's not solving all the world's problems is Pearl Jam. <laughs> I don't know man, he had that video where he wrote uh what was it, Pro Choice on his arm and stood on a chair? I have no idea what you're talking about. It was it was on the Pearl Jam MTV, It was on the Pearl Jam MTV unplugged. He he took I have never watched He that. took Sharpie and he wrote Pro Choice on his arm and stood on a chair. Didn't he also spell the name of the band Fugazi incorrectly once? That, like probably. on his shoes or on a shirt or something? Probably. He's changing the world. He fought Ticketmaster. He didn't win, Chris, but he still fought them. Chris, yeah. I, I don't... I, I'm getting the feeling that, that your emotions on this album are closer to mine than I expected. Um, Can I sum up this album to you the way I hear it? Go ahead. I, I actually thought of this today as I'm listening to the album again. Trying to think of things to really say about it. And this album reminded me, like, I, I got this this mental image. If this album were a person, okay, that person would be a first-semester philosophy major who is too drunk from a party to remember how to get back to his dorm room So he's stumbling down the sidewalk, and he's asking random people, like, where he's supposed to go. But he can't even get through a single sentence. He can't, like, say, hey, do you know where the dorms are? He just keeps meandering around and asking people gibberish questions before he finally, like, trips on the sidewalk, and he lies there crying in the fetal position just hoping to sober up soon. That's what this album is, if it were a person. So, like, me this weekend when I had Four loco. yes (laughs) except this album tries really hard to sound important and poetic like a first semester philosophy student Um, and I've seen you when you're drunk you don't try to sound poetic or (laughs) or philosophical so you like what what the hell is this album Uh, well this is a Pearl Jam album this is going to go back into my category of it's not so bad it's offensive but it's just kind of dumb um, yeah, there were parts of it that I liked and there were parts of it that uh, I really didn't need in my life. Okay, so, like, Super Blood Wolf Moon didn't take this album away soon enough and it's only the second track. I was checked out by Super Blood Wolf Moon wow. the first time I listened to this album. Okay. But more importantly, I want I want to bring up the most important song on this album. Uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance. Yeah. Which is the one that really makes me think of, like, a first-semester philosophy student. Like, this is the same person who probably wrote The Matrix. Like, they took, like, Psychology and Philosophy 101 and thought, like, if you want to go left, you have to go right first. That is this song. Do you remember that time that the Beatles wrote the worst lyric of all time at the beginning of I Am The Walrus? I am he as you are he as you are me and we are all together right yeah pearl jam like they're trying to take over that title well, they that's... didn't do it they didn't do it but they're trying to with when the past is the present and the futures no more when every tomorrow is the same as before the looser things get the tighter you become the looser things get tighter <laughs> What? What? You didn't like it? No! (laughs) What the hell is this? How is this the same band that wrote, I know someday you'll be a beautiful sun, I know you'll be a star in somebody else's sky? How is this the same band? Because Eddie Vedder's gone off the deep end since then. He wrote a ukulele album. Which is... Okay, so truth be told, the ukulele album is the only Pearl Jam or Eddie Vedder album I like since like 1994. I don't think it's a secret that I am not a Pearl Jam fan. No. They have done nothing original after their like third album. Or not necessarily even original just like nothing interesting after their like third album. And this is This is no exception, except the fact that this album sounds like they're trying to be U two for some reason. The the last album was their dad rock album, and they again nothing new or interesting. Like it's not a comp. I I mean, I don't think they've ever been super new or interesting. Even when they were doing grunge up against Nirvana, they were they were like the most accessible of the grunge bands they really kind of, ro- like, they were the most accessible, but, like, that doesn't mean a, that's not a bad thing. No, 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 no not like, at all. Okay, so, so, f- first off, just because I, I... So what are we I, defining as new and interesting, and it then? It, it, this, this literally does nothing. This Hell album no. is literally not. But is, is 10 new and interesting in 1991? I don't know if it was new and interesting. Well, it absolutely was at least interesting. Interesting, in sure, sure, that's yeah. That's how it, I, I guess I'm thinking, like... There. Was like, it new... I guess I'm thinking, like, doing something specifically musically interesting. No, okay. Like, I'm not... Like, I'm not... Literally, like, when I say new, like, I'm not expecting someone to, to learn how to reinvent the wheel. Like, yeah. no one's gonna create a new sound. Like, I'm not expecting that. Uh-huh. You know, this isn't... This isn't the 60s, and, like, there's a bunch of people doing drugs and literally inventing, like, new guitar effects or whatever. Like, yeah. that's not what I'm expecting. But, like, 10 took... Like, almost like an arena rock sound. Like, musically, they, they're they more comparable to, like, Bon Jovi than they are to, you know, Nirvana or Soundgarden. Right. But they were interesting. Eddie Vedder was interesting. That voice is interesting. Lyrically, they were really bizarre and not something that kind of... Not something that really existed previously, not on, like, a mainstream scale. This album is nothing. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to use my nice words for a little while, okay? I mean, you're allowed. I'm, I th- I think I'm the mean one out of the two think, of them. I think well, you know, we have certain coworkers that would argue with that, former coworkers. Oh, that's true. I was the nice one. I think I think Eddie Vetter's voice sounds great on this. Oh, you're not wrong. I think oh, the man's voice has aged fantastically. I think that they, he has some stuff and and he has for for years now he has some stuff that's overly poetic and and he sounds like he's writing in his high school journal but he has some stuff that i think is good on this album um yeah, I mean, in all fairness, not everything is as bad. Dance the Clairvoyants. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the song. Not everything is as bad as that song. I That's just like the highlight of what the hell's going on. Here. I didn't even hate it. Uh, I'm get, I'm trying to give them credit. I I like the I I kind of like the idea that they're trying to make like this 80s throwback with they're adding synths, which I don't think they've ever done before. They have like an 80s sounding guitar. It's it's not new and different in the scheme of music. It's new and different for Pearl Jam though, and. Uh, they're trying to go outside their comfort zone and I'll give them credit for that. I like that. in some of the songs, the car- guitar has kind of like a garage rock sound on it, but I- I'm going to say like th- one of the most interesting songs is the opener. Like that's the one that's going to be on best of part two, probably. First off, what you're calling like a garage rock sound of the guitar. To me, it's just like, I, I, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I don't think that's a good thing. Like the guitar tones in this are dry I don't really know how to describe them. They sound hollow. It's not awful, but I don't think it benefited in any any way. Um, you're, You're definitely right. This is, at least as far as I know, I'm not a Pearl Jam expert. This is new territory for them, but literally this just reminds me of, oh, there were two U2 albums in a row and I can't think of what they were, where it was like U2 suddenly didn't really sound like U2, but yet somehow they it was just as generic as U2 has ever been, if yeah. that makes sense yeah. it's like, oh, this is new for you and yet somehow this is just as boring as your past six albums, and that's literally what this is making me think of is it new for Pearl Jam? Yeah, I, I, I think so, and yet somehow it sounds so familiar and it sounds like I've heard of this a million times before, except this time I have to remember that this is Pearl Jam who wrote it which Again, I'm not really a big Pearl Jam fan, but it's very sad to me to realize that a band that released albums as phenomenal as, like, Ten and Verses also wrote this. Well, I mean, they're never going to put out another Ten or Verses or Vitology. Um, yeah, I never remember the name of that third album. Like, I just... It, I can yeah. picture it. I never it, think of what it's called. And and that's the thing. Like, they... they, they I hate to be like the guy that they peaked on their first three albums, but they really did, and they like. But they have stuff that I like after that. I and you know, the greatest hits, rearview mirror. Like I can listen through that whole thing like a hundred times, and like appreciate songs off of like No Code and Yield. But like they aren't albums that I listen through very frequently. Yeah, you're not you're not digging through anything else. Yeah. Um. Okay. But now, in all fairness, like uh, the criticizing all aside. I really do like a couple of these songs, so all that aside, like as much as I'm going to make fun of this, I actually am taking away a couple songs off this that I really liked, and I'm curious if you can guess what they are. I um, want to see if you can figure out for some reason what struck with me: Superblood Wolf Moon, Dance of the Clairvoyance, um... <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to say that you probably. I'm, I'm. I'll guess a couple when you give me a yes or no. I'm going to. I'm going to say you probably. You probably dug the opener. did dig the opener the opener whoever good. said is is a is a pretty cool track actually i was i was actually pretty excited like listening to this album because i remember listening to one of the singles when it was released and being like this is just not good that was dancing um, i put this out which was dancing the clairvoyance wasn't okay yeah so i put this album on and i'm just like oh, okay you know what never mind this actually might be really cool but then super bowl Super Blood Wolf Moon came on and I'm just like no like no don't do this to me stuck out was was Um, 7 o'clock like the faster one no 7 o'clock was not the faster one I'm trying to remember what one of the speedier songs towards the middle of the album was and I'm gonna tell you that that wasn't it no okay buckle up motherfucker why I literally wrote here the main song I can do without is the fucking seatbelt song are you serious (laughs) love how much we differ sometimes on this crap. No, I I literally wrote, why is Buckle Up the best song on the album? Like, <laughs> I love it. But again, this is going to this is to me, this is like where lyrically I think Pearl Jam always shines, is it's like, it's not super descriptive it's kind of telling a story, but it's like, almost like it's telling the story from the point of view of a child like, there's not a whole lot of detail here Something's going on, but it's not really blatantly telling you what. And I I love this song. Pearl Jam's making some divisive music over here. I'm I'm pretty sure they've been doing that for 30 (laughs) years, just saying. I'm so glad that you all just called it the Seatbelt song. It's such a weird. And, like, now talking about, like, things being interesting for the band this is like such a weird like spacey atmospheric sound yeah like I did not expect this from Pearl Jam and this was kind of cool to hear coming from them actually this was genuinely unexpected okay did you like any other ones or just the two those are the ones that stood out I mean there are some other ones that are honestly totally fine Um, if I remember correctly Take the Long Way is fine it's not offensive I didn't hate it I'm probably not going to come back and listen to it at any given point. I already put Buckle Up on a couple different playlists on Spotify. Well, I'm glad you liked Um, it. I'm glad you walked away with something, even if it wasn't the song I walked away with. Okay, I had to put it on real quick. Take the Long Way is one of the ones that I really... I really had fun, like, with the riff. But I really hate the sound of the guitar, man. It just sounds like it's coming through an AM radio. Like, it's just awful. Um... I don't think they needed to end with three, like, chill-slash-acoustic songs. No. Um, I mean, again, that's not something I really think too much about, but you're, you're not wrong. I, I think uh, I think that I would have to cut one indiscriminately. Gun to my head, I would say, why do you have a gun to my head? It's just a Pearl Jam album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but maybe Comes and Goes isn't very interesting, and... I, I need to double check the the lyrics, maybe. But um, I do feel like I believe in River Cross. Eddie Vedder starts telling me about Jesus, and I don't need that in my life. I'll be honest. I actually don't remember which of these three is which. Now that I'm looking at them again. No, maybe not. I just. I feel like I remember at some point Eddie Vedder drops a few Jesus lines on this album, and I just didn't need that Absolutely. in my life. River Cross, I had to go back and listen to it. River Cross is another one that I, I, I think is... like I'm not going to come back and listen to it all the time, but it's, yeah. I think it's interesting. Here's a mix that I, I know we've actually disagreed before about, but I love this mix. Eddie Vedder's voice with like an organ? Yeah. Because there is that version of... Better Man, that's just Eddie Vedder and the organ, like not the rest of the band, Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, I think that is far superior to the actual, like, original recording. I don't know that I would love, I would love a version of River Cross with just the organ and Eddie Vedder's voice. I don't know that I don't remember it lyrically, but still. I don't know that I'm gonna, like, you know cause an argument over that. I think both versions of Better Man are great um, and whichever one you prefer is, like, your deal, man it's like your deal man yeah and as i know we've talked about that before because i I think i think it wasn't like necessarily disappointment i think it was surprise from you when i said that i preferred the organ only version yeah because i like at the end where it like kind of kicks into the full band i think that's a good part of the song and i don't believe that's in that version is it i don't believe so no okay yeah i mean no i mean that's That's my only real point of contention on that one is I like the part where it, like, kicks into the full band and gets a little bit faster. Which, I mean, yeah, like, that's cool. I think that's a cool part to the song. But I don't think the rest of the song benefited from the band being there. That's just, like, your opinion, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of opinions... Um, because we were we were talking about uh, Eddie Vedder. You know, he's here to he's here to change the world. He's doing um, it. Obviously, I know that he's he's famous or or infamous, however you want to look at it, uh, for being very outspoken about some of his beliefs. And I know it's in a lot of his lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is is any of that in this album? Like, did I totally like miss some big political statement here? Like, am I really dumb? I, not that I heard. Or is of. there, or is there not anything in here that like really stands out? Mm-hmm. Like obviously, if I sat and analyzed the lyrics, like I'm sure there's things. Um well, like, he's doing, doing like, seatbelt some... activism now, so that's good. I can approve of seatbelt okay. activism. I'm just gonna throw this out there. There's a lot more uh, to what that song is about, surely than put on your seatbelt. I know there, there is a story being told here. obviously. <laughs> I'm aware. And like yeah, I mean, there are there are moments in this album that I. Like, yeah, there's definitely, like, messages being said, but there's nothing that's really, like, up front and center and in your face. As in your face as I thought it was going to be. No. I thought that was kind of a oh, thing that, like, oh, he's was, pretty Oh, there was, there was, there was the one, do you remember, do you remember, he has a lyric that's very blatantly about Trump. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. There are a couple of those, aren't there? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, there is, oh, wow, I didn't even know this one was that blunt. Cross, cross the border to Morocco, Kashmir to Marrakesh. The lengths we had to go then to find a place Trump hasn't fucked up yet. That's it. That okay, there is one there's in there. that one. Th- no, there's that one, and then there's another one. But you can talk about that one while I'm while I'm trying to remember the other one. That one was in Quick Escape. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say. I just I know there were like a couple moments where he's like super in your face, but then like, I said, I mean, half this album felt like it was. Written by somebody who's too drunk to make a full sentence. So, like, it, aside from a couple, like, oh, God, he's literally name-dropping moments, it it didn't, it wasn't as, how do I say this? I mean, again, I, I don't, I, I hate to keep comparing them to, like, their their earliest albums, but, like, that's, I'm gonna argue what they're known for for a reason. Mm-hmm. There is no Jeremy on here. No, 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 which no. Which is a song that has like, yeah, the song is telling a story, but like there is obviously an underlying message in this. I don't know of any underlying messages in this. Either that or I'm not understanding his lyrics, which is also super possible. Hey Jeff, let me give you an under an underlying message that's not at all in your face. This what one's this one's from seven o'clock. Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse they forged the north and west then you got Sitting Bullshit as our sitting president. There it is. That was the one I was there thinking of. There it is. I <laughs> knew there were a couple of just like ridiculous things in here and I couldn't think of what they were. <laughs> <sighs> uh, way to go, Eddie better We're all very proud of that, you. That one I almost like in an it made me laugh way. I'll be honest, I kind of totally like missed that being a thing. They forge the north and west Then you got sitting in bullshit As I sit in prison For talking to his mirror What's he say, what's he say back? A tragedy of Paris will be lost to Avila Then you got sitting bullshit as Because he, he does that too He does his, like, he does his like, little yodel thing Yeah he, Yeah <sighs> <sighs> If you want, if you want um, to really hear like a political post nineties Pearl Jam, uh, listen to like the one that's just like self titled, and it's just like an avocado and a blue cover. What do you not what? do? You not know that one? No, it's the one with worldwide suicide. Oh, I remember that song. Yeah, I, okay, because that's actually what I what I think of them being like in your face with a message. That's kind of the song I think of, and I, I never remember what that song is called. But that's kind of the song that I picture. I don't remember anything about an avocado. What is that like the album cover? The album cover is just like, it's a blue cover with an avocado on it for no reason. Uh, cool. Yeah. Alright. Weird. It's fine. That's my... That's... Pardon me while I look at Spotify real quick. I need to see this. <laughs> that's my, like, review of every Pearl Jam album after vitology it's fine okay i'm looking at this going oh yeah i recognize this i just never stopped to think about the fact that yeah that's just an avocado isn't it yep but yeah that's that's yep that's what that is i'm gonna give this album a fine out of 10 (laughs) a fine out of 10 yeah that's That's totally i'm gonna give it a meh out of 10 not a fine out of 10 but yeah again it's not so bad it's offensive. I just, I'm going to rip on it. Yeah. It's um. it's honestly, it's not so bad that there aren't songs in it that I won't come back to. If you can parse through all of those double negatives. Well said. I could not. So it's fine. This is, oh my gosh. I feel like this is the third or fourth time that I've said this about an album we reviewed. Where I just kind of just like, it, it's doing nothing for me. Like, it's just, it's an album. It exists. It was oral space in my life. It, whatever. It's, it's very easily ignorable alright um, are you ready to go on to Tower of Power I would love to ride to the Tower of Power Tower where... of Power step up Oh, that's right. Okay. Tower of Power, Step Up, known for that famous song, If You Wanna Step Up, Step Up. That's not accurate. That was a song, right? This this is inaccurate. But that was a song, right? Isn't that like a new metal song? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Hold on. Like, it totally sounds like it probably is, but God knows I have no clue what you're talking about. I I have to derail this conversation 30 seconds in. It was Drowning Pool. I literally know one song by them, so that, that's, that's, there's no way. But it's, okay, I gotcha. It's on the Punisher soundtrack. That sounds like something Tower of Power would be on, right? Um, yeah, the same Punisher thing. Punisher Pole, Tower of Power, totally the same. Okay, so I want, I want you to start me off. Tower of Power's a new band, right? <laughs> yeah, Tower of Power, uh, formed in 20, 20- no, Tower of Power has been around for 50 years. Um, in fact, this is the other band that I believe this is their 21st studio album. Um... Yeah, no, they've been around for a long time. This is this is basically another group that's a bunch of old guys, although in all fairness, there's aside from a few members of the band who have been like consistent, a lot of the band because Tower Power is primarily like a, br- a brass horn section. I was gonna say they're um, they're a rotating door band. Yeah, a lot of the members are a rotating door. Like I did look up the members, and a lot of the current members joined in like 2010, 2014. Yeah, there are a handful who have been around from was, the beginning. I was going to um, say, the these, main... these singers didn't sound like they'd seen World War II. No. Well, that being said, the one guy, um, Emilio Castillo, or Castillo, I don't know how he says his name. He goes like Mimi. He is one of the founders. He's also the only member with a Wikipedia page apparently, which I thought was very strange. Um, He's, he's up there in age. He's been around for a while. Again, he's one of the original members. And, he's and what been is, part of this group for 50 years. What does he do? He the... is He's actually one of the writers, but he also is. He sings some songs. He has like a really kind of rough, gravelly has voice. He, has he taken the John Oliver approach? I don't know what you mean by that. John Oliver was sabotage After a while, he was just oh, kind of I like a he's writer. John, I think he said John Oliver, and I'm just like, I don't know who that is. Um, no, he's like part of the touring band still. John Oliver, I think. John Oliver, I think, is that that British talk show host, isn't he? Yeah, that's he is. That's why okay. I was thinking like either you're referring to him or you're referring to like somebody who I'm just not familiar with. No, Just, just um, how like no, John no. Oliver was kind of, kind of became like a behind the scenes guy, but I, I guess mean, Brian the-, Wolfe did the same thing where he was still writing music, but not performing it yeah. or like not touring with it. He was just like in the studio. No, um, Emilio or Mimi as they call him, he's, he's still like an active performing member of the band. as well. Okay. Well, okay. That's fair. Um, obviously. So, I'm mean, okay. So again, like I asked this a lot of you, um, did you have any prior experience to Tower of Power? Um, Tower of Power is like a band that I am familiar enough just from like, I've looked them up from hearing that other people were going or interested in going to see Tower of Power. And I was okay, like, like you were just aware they exist. Yeah. I'm aware they exist. I, I think, I think you like marked yourself as going and a few other friends marked themselves as interested to it. I've seen of them Power a couple of times now. Yeah. Tower of Power show. And I was like, all right, what's this? And, um, it's sex funk. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I wanna say this album reminded me of something ridiculous. And, okay. And rather than you just like do that thing where you take my word for it or like I I I you know say hey look this up. Um I sent you an audio clip. You you did. I'm looking at it and I it okay. And I'll Is I'll, this I'll, is this now the time to listen to this? Hold on. I'll, I'll I'm going to I'm going to set it up. You're going to hear Four short clips, thirty seconds each, and you're going to hear them all twice. And when they're Oops. done, you're going to guess which two of these clips are Tower of Power songs, and one you're going to get because it's from this album. That's there's a giveaway, and okay. and then you're going to guess which two are from the Sonic Adventure Two soundtrack from on Dreamcast. <laughs> So play okay, that clip so, now. Little, hold on. A little a little backstory to this. Um, again, we do not really discuss the albums. We will make comments to each other like on, on Facebook Messenger. You did ask me one day, how well do I know their entire discography? And the answer is like, no, I don't know all of it. Like I know... Again, as a live album fan, I know their live albums really well, and I know a handful of studio albums, but 21 studio albums, no, I don't know all of it. So I'm assuming you probably picked songs I don't actually know, and now I'm worried, and I love this. <laughs> all right, um, hitting play now. Clip A. Clip B. Clip C. CLIP D Okay, so how do you want me to do this? I just listened to, um, like, I hear your voice saying clip A, clip B. I listened to A, B, C, and D. Yeah, clip A, Sonic Adventure 2 or Tower of Power. Okay, so as as I listen to these again, like, I'm going to hear you say clip A again. I'm just gonna like play and I'll tell you okay yeah so clip A again clip A so clip A is is Sonic Adventure you're correct Sonic Adventure right Sonic Adventure 2 yes correct Sonic Adventure 2 that's lovely gate 3 from Sonic Adventure 2 clip B Clip B is Tower of Power. Yes. Clip C. Clip C, I am also thinking, is Sonic Adventure? Or am I wrong? That's Tower of Power. Is it? Hold on. That's Spank-a-Dang. On. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you have not won Sonic Adventure 2 or Tower of Power. In, cl- in clip... Oh my god, this is ridiculous! <laughs> okay, there are very few video game soundtracks I know well enough to have ever, like, thought of doing this. That This is brilliant. <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're, so, I mean, obviously I got one wrong. Like, you're so not wrong! Oh, that's ridiculously stupid. So, so... So what you're saying is, um, step up by Tower of Power made you want to play Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, kinda. Well, not really, because I never, I is never, the real question. I never really want to play Sonic Adventure 2. I like the idea of playing a Sonic or Shadow level in Sonic Adventure 2, and then like never playing a Knuckles level. Oh, see, I like the idea of playing um the the Knuckles levels multiplayer, um with my brother. But then once we start doing it, we both go, this, this game is awful. Like, how did we forget this game? Yeah. But I like the idea of those levels a lot. And I have fond memories of being, you know, like 12 years old or 11 years old or whatever and playing those If you those are games. If or you the- are young enough to have fond memories of Sonic Adventure in 10 years, you should play it now. Because you're not going to like it once you hit 16. It's not. It's not good. I don't remember what YouTuber did a review of that game one time. Like, within the past couple of years, that was something like an honest review without nostalgia, and it basically was just like, no, 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 guys. Like, we all need to stop pretending this game. Anyway, Tower of Power! <laughs> <laughs> Other than reminding you of Sonic Adventure 2, um, I- I'm curious as to what your thoughts were. Like, because I-, I don't really take you as, like, a big fan of, like, funk and soul music, but at the same time, I don't know anyone who can actively hate funk and soul music. Um, no, it's fine. It's fun. I like, I like that type of music. It's not, it's not something that I seek out too often, but I mean, I have no problem listening to this. Um, aside from some things that we'll get into in a little bit, that isn't even really a problem, but more like me bitching. Um, yeah, that's totally fine. But yeah, uh, Funkin' Soul, I, I think that's, like, a really cool type of music. I think there's a lot of talented people in this band. There's, like... There's things from this genre that are incorporated in music that I do listen to a lot more of. Oh, absolutely. So, like, I mean... I could I mean, I mean, could just as easily draw parallels to Steve Vai as Sonic Adventure 2. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was... Doesn't that, you know but what? that's the not as funny. Section, the horn section is also, like, what really what really kills it for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and I also, I grew up with my with my mom listening to Motown and Marvin Gaye and the the Temptations, so, like, none of that's weird to me either. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I figured, like, this isn't gonna be offensive to yeah. you by anything. This is so, similar enough of things you grew up with. Uh-huh, yeah. And I love a good slap bass. You give me a slap bass, I'm fucking... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hard all day. There's, there's some great bass lines in this, and then there's i always forget how good they're like they've had a handful of guitar players i always forget how good their guitar players are too um i love like funk guitar rhythm playing whether it's like the when really they do that kind of like the really bright like it almost it's almost like if you added a wah pedal it's like the cliche 70s porn music but like get rid of the wah, yeah that or like it's or... almost ska. Yeah, like I love that style of rhythm playing, or I also love, um, like the sometimes really syncopated, or even just like just like kind of the cool like riffy stuff. Like the song "Step Up" has like some great guitar riffs, literally. Yeah, yeah, and those boys can wheedle. Yeah, 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 they can. Well, actually, this is it's uh Jerry Cortez is their current guitar player, and yeah, he uh, he can wheedle when he wants to. He's he's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I, I do like that um, Funk, they tend to just sort of like ride the beat for a little while and then like someone will get an improv section and then they just kind of ride the beat some more. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? um, yeah, I know what you mean. And in, in fact, um, if you've never seen Bootsy Collins um, from Parliament Funkadelic, if you've never seen his video on Introduction to Funk Bass, I'm going to have to send it to you. you know? Okay. I feel like you've shown it to me, but it's been a while. I am positive I have, you know? Okay. You know? <laughs> you know? You know? You'll recognize it once you see I... it. It's one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> does he say, you know, after everything? <laughs> he does it many times. Okay, That's fine, you know? Um, yeah. Again, this is another one of those things where this is music that it's about what they're playing more than what they're saying, which is good because I would call these lyrics not great for the most part. Both of them are not great, and there are a couple lyrics that really stood out to me not necessarily in a good way. Oh, good. I hope it's um, about the line that I wrote here that says, I could do without these weird political messages. <laughs> Yeah, I, yes. Here's the thing, yes. we are doing other albums today with political messages, and I don't want to be biased towards Tower of Power, but the issue I have is why are there political messages in my fuck music at all? <laughs> there is no bigger turnoff, there is no bigger turnoff than when the musician who is who is playing through, playing you through your sexual experience goes... I uh, might go GOP. <laughs> um so I actually wrote down that whole line or one of the whole lines. He says might go GOP a couple times, but uh the line is might believe that social justice is the way it's meant to be. Still I'm hoping to get rich so I might go GOP. Uh the song is If It's Tea Give Me Coffee, which yeah. I actually love the song overall. I love the, the music. The <laughs> It if it's coffee, give me tea. Might believe that social justice is so. The whole song is, like, lyrically is just, if I if if you have A, then I want B. Yeah. But if you have B, I want A. Yeah. It's just contradictory lines, but uh, they made a handful of political statements. And it's just, it's super strange to me. Well, there's... The, I don't know why. The other one, like, they make a few, and it's not as overt, but they make a few um, things that sound like boomer comments during any excuse will do. Well, so, okay, so I'm glad we picked up the same two songs, because they are the two songs that have weird political lines. Any excuse we'll do is is definitely, like, it's so obviously written by somebody who is uh, probably twice our Um, And the song, as a general rule, is just blame it on the blank. And it's, like, fill in the blank constantly. Blame it on the white man. Blame it on the Jews. Blame it on whatever. Like, they literally say all of it. Like, every line in itself sounds like it's kind of offensive but like that's obviously not the point the point is they're kind of mocking people who blame anything individually yeah like, that's not any excuse act. will do they're, yeah the song is is acknowledging like you can't blame any specific thing blame it on the wait man blame it on the boo My problem with that song, and this is not their fault, because for the record, this so- this this album was actually written a few years ago. Right. <clears throat> um. It was just recorded and released now. But it has the line, blame it on the Chinese, because they grow in by leaps and bounds. Which, oh. if this were any other time, I would just take that line like the rest of the song. I mean, come on, they say blame it on the white man, blame it on the Jews. Blame it on blame the, on the on- Arabs. Yeah, like I, I get it, but that line, considering the world right now, sounds a little too much like some people that I actually know right. who would say that seriously. And I'm just like, oh, this kind of hurts. So this is a song that I think I'm actually going to be able to enjoy a little more. This later. is this is one of those songs that the the political message wasn't meant to be literal, but we're in no. a but we're in a time when it's hitting a little too close to true. It's 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 inconveniently timed because I mean again with I mean even with both of these songs the political message is neither like no single person is right in both of these songs Uh the political message is this isn't black and white this isn't as easy as yes or no which is Um, true if we were in a time where like both sides are so fucking extreme I want to hit everyone yeah like like people are actually thinking this way Yes, and it's it's so awkwardly timed, the fact that this, song, this album and these songs came out now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are songs that in the context of a Tower Power live show, you know, whenever I inevitably go see them again, because I'm sure I will, it's going to be like, hopefully the world climate will not be what it is currently. And I will be able to enjoy these songs for what they are, which is, yes, there's a message here. The message is much more lighthearted than it sounds at first. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's just it, it's just one of those things where this is a genre of music where I'm not I'm not necessarily looking for a political message. It just feels like uh, I want to forget about this kind of shit music. Yeah. I mean, but again, like the political messages here aren't this isn't Eddie Vedder calling out Trump. I, uh, the political oh, yeah. messages oh, yeah. are, like, along the lines of, like, there's more important things to worry about. Exactly, yeah. Which is actually, if you ask me, as far as funk goes, uh, this is a lighthearted genre. Uh-huh. These, if you have a political message, I think this is the way to do it. It's just very awkward timing for specifically some of these lines. Yeah, and, and, and the majority of the album is wonderful music about... Uh, one night stands, which is what I want from funk. Oh yeah, I mean, so, I mean, come on, sleeping with you, baby, is literally the name of the song. Look in my eyes, you to one addicted to you. Yeah, story was, of you and I, I like I, this. Yeah, it's, I was I, offended that some of them sounded like they were about long term relationships. Okay. Well, okay. In all fairness, I mean, they they probably they're not all one night stand songs. That was a jest. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, you know, like, let's celebrate our love. I'm assuming is <laughs> not a one song. However, sleeping with you, baby, might is probably yeah. I just love Or you the one. I also <laughs> love the fact that it's spelled like D A. Like it's Duh. it's not you're the one. It's you the one. You the one. But I mean, okay. So I mean, overall, again, this is not my first Tower of Power album by any stretch. But I obviously am certainly not a huge expert of them. I have seen them live before. They are just a phenomenally tight group. It's it's, it's most like it is mostly horn players. It's it's primarily like a rhythm section. I mean, they're just a phenomenal band. And they've gone through a handful of um, singers, a handful of frontmen. This current guy's name is Marcus Scott. He's been with the band for a few albums now, I think. He's been with them for a little while. Um, I'm imagining you probably are not familiar with their previous vocalists. Let me just say that Marcus Scott probably is my favorite vocalist they've ever had. Um, well, I did do a little bit of uh, peeping through their discography. For the uh, oh, Tower Tower Power uh, versus Sonic Two game. Oh, but, I guess that's true. So I had to look a little bit there, and like I said, you know, when people have said that they're going to go see him, I have looked up stuff, you know, from the past. I, I haven't gone all the way back to like there's stuff from like the 70s, um, but like I if am, I, I'm sure I should. I'm sure that there's a lot of phenomenal stuff in there. Uh, it's just you know time constraints and doing other things and stuff like that. I haven't gotten around to it, but like I'm sure at some point in my leisure time, um, I I will probably go back and and check out some of their older stuff because the, I, I did enjoy this. Uh, I just had a couple complaints that some of the lyrics were ill timed. Um, yes, but again, I mean, so like, oh, actually, now that I think about, it, I don't think I actually mentioned that. Um, this album is technically part two of a double album, the previous one was released two years ago. Oh, that would so make sense was as written. to why, like, they both this... have the same, like, intro. Yes. This literally was written two years ago, and it's kind of like the second half to what could have been a double album. So the last album was called Soul Side of Town. This album is, like, subtitled Soul Side of Town Volume 2. Okay. Would you, would you, um please recite for the class the intro and outro tracks to both albums. <laughs> um. So, on Soul Side of Town, the album from, from 2018, uh, it begins with a track called East Bay All Day, and then ends with a track called East Bay Oakland Style. And then I hope you're ready for this. Uh, Step Up, the newest album that we listened to, opens with east bay all the way and ends with east bay oak town all the way thank you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a there's a running theme here if you did enjoy this album overall you would definitely like the previous album soul side of town um i get the feeling Tower of power i get the I feeling that if i liked this album i could generally mm-hmm. go to any album that they have and have a good time uh, you're going to have a good time, but, like, they... I mean, obviously, they have been around for five decades. Yeah. Their style has changed some. They definitely fit more into, like, the soul side these days. If you were to go back to, like, what is hip, it's, like, straight-up funk. Okay. Um, Which, it's still... It's super fun. It's ridiculous. It's actually much more lighthearted. They've actually gotten a little... Dare I say more serious? Again, not that anything on here is crazy serious. This is not Pearl Jam. Um, But they have gotten a little more serious. uh, More recently. But stylistically, Soul Side of Town and Step Up are very, very, very similar. Okay. Although, quite frankly, again, if you do ever want to dig into Tower of Power, I recommend 40th Anniversary, which is a live album, or... God forbid I'm going to recommend another live album. It's called Soul Vaccination. It's from 1999. It was actually my first Tower of Power album. Um, I forget the singer's name on this album. He has a very different voice, but it's it was my introduction. It's a great mixture of like their hits from from the previous decades, and it's definitely much more funky. I have no idea how I saw it coming, but somehow I just knew you were going to recommend two live albums. Yeah, there's a shock, right? I just I don't Well, okay. So, I'm sure they have compilations, but I've never actually looked at their compilations, but these are good mixtures of songs. Right. I mean, cuz one of them is, you know, the compilations 20 years old, so it's a compilation of their 30 previous years. Yeah. And then one is 40th anniversary. It's literally like they're trying to pick up different songs. Like yeah. it's If they had a a Greatest Hits album that I know was a good mixture. I'd be like, "Oh no, you have to listen to this." It was just funny um, because I'm I'm so I'm so used to you going for the live albums. I think it's a great way to learn about a band. It is, band. It, is it is, it's you get okay. a, you get a good side Either- because it's unless they're playing like a full album live, you get a good mix of like their whole discography and a good feel yeah. for like for like or- what's popular too. Now there are yeah exactly because you also sometimes get the fan favorites that like oh this was never a single but people really latched onto this because this is a good song yeah um the only exception to that is when I know of a good greatest hits because like let's face it some greatest hits I don't know who selects these songs but they are wrong yeah um so actually I I did happen to look though there is actually a album called the East Bay Archive Volume One. And I'm looking at this track list, going, you know what, this is a solid track list. Okay. If you want to start here with us with uh, with what I'm assuming are studio tracks, this is a Jeff, good mix. Jeff, I'm reading. I'm reading the subtitle, Boston, Massachusetts, seventy three. It looks like this is a live album. Is it? Oh, see, I don't. I don't see a subtitle listed here. It, it's not listed. Are you on Spotify? Yeah. Look below the East Bay Archive Volume One versus Boston, Massachusetts, and then there's a day that's kind of obscured by the bridge. I can't even like read that. Oh my god! Hold on, let me turn on the tracker. It's live. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you scroll down, there there are three compilations um, under the compilation section. Oh, okay. I just. Oh, that's so funny. You're the fucking. That's. You're the best. You're the best. I love you. I picked. I picked a live album, not even realizing it was a live album. Again, I'm just looking at the track listing on it. I'm just like, this is a good mix I know. Of songs. You're so, my favorite. I do what I can. That's why I'm here. You know who else is my even favorite? When even when I'm not even trying to, I pick live albums. Who is, else is your favorite? I was gonna say Body Count, but I don't know if we're done talking about this. Oh, I was actually gonna say Poppy. Can we talk about Poppy instead? Oh, dude. Um... Welcome, welcome back to Poppycast. We're gonna review... Never mind, I'm not doing this again. Have you listened to more Poppy? I absolutely have. <laughs> Which? What's your favorite album? Is it I Disagree? I mean, album to listen to, yeah. Like, I Disagree is going to be, like, the album I actually listen to. I, I... think it's just the best songs. Yeah. The rest are important in the grand scheme of the greatness that is Poppy. Yeah. But as far as, like, musicality goes, so... I Disagree is, is so cool. But you've listened to Am I a Girl? Yeah. Um, when you listen to Girls in Bikinis, did you also think this sounds like a track that like she found in Ninja Sex Party's trash can? <laughs> you know I I, I didn't know I didn't think that, but I I, uh, I can't say I fully disagree. <laughs> Actually, real quick, can we talk about Ninja Sex Party for a second? Have you listened to their, their newest single? I don't know what we're talking about. Actually, I love that song, but I was going to ask you, did you hear um, Did you hear what Danny recorded with Super you Guitar Brothers? With Super... I have not listened to it, actually. Do you... Is it but... even out? Is that it's not out, but the first single's out. Do you know what it is? No. It's Scarborough Fair. Okay. Now, 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 okay. Hold on. Hold on. I know that I went on a huge rant about the fact that I'm sick and tired of people covering that song. Here is... My defense right now, though, Ninja Sex Party or Danny in general, they are very blunt about the fact that they are doing songs that are popular because they they're not trying to be unique. They're not trying to be new and refreshing. They want to party and have fun. They want to do songs that everyone in an audience can sing along with. I, I get why that's a song they would do because everybody knows it. I'm still not sure I'm gonna care I haven't listened to the recording of it I don't care how much I think the Super Guitar Bros are actually really cool I don't care how much I like Danny's voice I'm sick of that song but I can at least like respect why they would have picked that song as opposed to oh we're gonna be cool and we're gonna do a heavy metal version of Scarborough Fair because that needs to stop you know you know what I didn't divulge a couple weeks ago what? My Dying Bride has a cover of Scarborough Fair. Th- th- fuck them. Does it help that he wrote original lyrics for it? Uh, he wrote like a new opening verse. Maybe I don't know if that helps or not. To I, be I, fair, it's I, like I might have to. It. It, it you don't really have to. It's a B side i mean they at least released uh, as a b-side and like with some new stuff but um i do think i I do think that aside from that album which i admit wasn't very good you should listen to some other my dying bride i mean genuinely i I really should i actually even meant to get back to you on that last time and say like hey i need i need to i need to listen to them more but i didn't okay Uh, you know what i did listen to chris oh are we done with tower power are we moving on Yeah, because also, I mean, mind you, I've been listening to that album, the Tower of Power album, a lot. Um, But what else I listen to is Carnivore by Bodycast. Yeah! Chris, explain to us, explain to everybody, what Body Count is. Body Count is Ice-T's heavy metal band that he started, as he said on, on a previous album, uh, opening the Raining Blood track, because his buddy Ernie wanted to play guitar. And he saw the kids in Europe used to mosh to to hip-hop, so he wanted to play some heavy metal with his buddies. And so, Body Count started as Ice T's hip hop metal crossover side project. Um, you can hear that he takes a lot of influence from like suicidal tendencies and Slayer. And their their big hit, which was cut off the album and you can no longer hear it on Spotify, was "Cop Killer." Yeah. Cop Killer. even and it has it has been perfect album after perfect album since how's that are those are those really the words you want to use I I understand that body counts a little bit campy but I fucking love them can I actually tell you my biggest complaints about carnivore right off the bat go ahead wasn't campy enough that okay that's that is fair because this I, is their most serious was, album there was not a single song on here that made me laugh out loud um like some of the other previous songs have absolutely made me like laugh to the point of tears <laughs> not so body count isn't trying necessarily to be funny but well, there are some they're, they're, songs I think that the body, aren't necessarily fine to be serious. I think they're goofy. I think like stuff like Voodoo or their take on Institutionalized, you're obviously laughing with Ice. They're, being, they're just being ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. This it's one really, is heavier. Like it's ridiculous. a little more serious. I think he's trying to uh, read the times and and make a statement, which I'm fine with. I liked it. No, I actually really enjoyed this. Okay, good. Good. Um, <laughs> d- is there anywhere in particular you want to start? Uh, Just, you know... Let's just start right at the beginning. Um, do you have any thoughts on on like the opening track or anything? Because I, I think the opening track have... is very. I think the opening track was very cool. Uh, I like that they're kind of like incorporating some like more of like the metal screams and stuff. Yes, um, I, I know, like so one of the things. I want to. I want to say one of the lines in the one of my favorite lines is in the opening song, which is "Ever since the birth of man, humans die by human hands." Yeah, that there are there are some surprisingly cool lyrics in here, um. But overall, I actually have to give him credit. So, Ice T's, um, let's call it his heavy metal vocal style. <laughs> let's just call it. That's know what else to call it. Really, just kind of convinced. It, it it consists of him shouting into a microphone. Oh, he's he's doing. He's just rapping. He's just he's just rapping to metal. But he's. He's not even rapping. He's shouting the words. Like it almost sounds like he is actively trying to compete with the guitars. Yeah. Which is totally fine. But I actually like the fact that there is a little more variety in this album in his voice. It's actually kind of like there's like some sense of dynamics sometimes. It's really impressive coming from <laughs> him, actually. I've never I've never been one to know Ice T for his for his incredible flow. Um so this no. is this is him rapping, I believe. But I I think it works very well with the confrontational feel of body count. Yes. He sounds like he wants um, to kick your ass, which is how it should sound. Yes. It is very in your face. Um and man, when that fucking ace of spade cover hits, I fucking love it. want to know what i hate about that cover though huh the like eight seconds of spoken intro it's fine god it's so annoying i hate it so much you're gonna No, it's not i want to click play and hear like i don't want to hear you talking just play the song um play the song man Um, the the two tracks that i think kind of uh stuck out a little bit were colors and six in the morning which are actually reworks of like ice tea solo stuff um, I think the one that like is actually like in the middle of the album colors like fits better but nine in the morning as, as a or six in the morning as a six bonus track is like kind of in stark contrast to the rest of the album got a knot in my pocket where um yeah thank you for actually clarifying what that was because I see it's marked as unreleased demo and I I wasn't sure what that meant yeah both um, six in the morning and colors the reason they say 2020 after them is because they're like re-release re-recordings oh, okay. of him of songs he wrote as a rapper and I think it's unreleased demo because it's uh like a Spotify bonus track or something got a knot in my pocket wearing least grand gold on my neck my pistol's close in hand I'm a self-made monster of the city streets remotely controlled by hard hip hop beats but just living in the city is a serious task didn't know what the cops wanted didn't have time to ask Okay, that makes sense. Um, can I just say that Colors is is a much better song than the song about colors that you learned when you were a little kid, that you always sing? Yeah, that's fucking clear. No one wanted to listen to Half Palmer. <laughs> Let's sing a, a song, song about, about colors. Colors. Uh, no, okay, so I, honestly uh, Colors and Six in the Morning are two songs that really didn't, they don't really do much for me. Um, I actually have a question. I, I totally meant to look up a couple things here, and I, I, I even have notes written down. It literally just says, in asterisks, look this up, and I, I totally forgot to. Uh, so the song Point the Finger features Riley Gale. Who is that? That's a great fucking question. Do you have any idea? I okay, so that no doesn't mean. Okay, that's fine. No. He has, he has a bunch of songs that are with. Uh he's he's with with, with features but um they're with like more modern metal like hardcore bands that i'm not super familiar with i'm looking it up and and he is from uh he's from power trip which is a band that i know the name of but i don't know much of their material i know nothing about them um so the other one i wanted to look up is who's jamie josta i know this name jamie josta um I'm super. Tr- I'm trying to remember what band he's in. Give me one second. I, mean, I could have googled it. I literally have it written down that I was supposed to, and I totally forgot to. No, because I've seen Jamie Josta, and I'm trying to remember what he's in. This is a name that I feel like was really important Hate to Breed. me in like 2006. Ha- no, <laughs> Hatebreed. Yeah. Yeah. So Jamie Josta is from Hatebreed. Um, and I'm sorry about that. I'm. I apologize for Hatebreed existing. You know what? It's but, totally. But you fine. know what? He doesn't. He what? doesn't he does he okay so ice T does this thing where he features guests that i'm not huge on um like on the previous album uh he well i do like dave mustaine and he was on that and randy Blythe is fine but he also had max uh cavalera which we might get into talking about him in the future sometime okay uh but max cavalera um he was. He started Sepultura, and that was fine. Um, and then he made Sepultura kind of go new metal, and that was a thing. And then he left and started Soulfly, and that really sucked. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. So I was thinking. Um. We were potentially going to talk about the New Testament, not the Bible, but the New Testament album. <laughs> new Testament. I mean, you know that I would be down for talking about the New Testament. This is a Bible post- podcast now. Welcome so, back to Biblecast with Chris and Jeff. So, but we are going to potentially talk about the New Testament album next next time, and maybe we. I think we might move it to like a like a wrap up Uh, because, um, not to spoil it for you, but it's a Testament album. Um. <laughs> And I love, I love, I I am, I love me some Testament, but they, they are, and they are very consistent with putting out decent albums, but they, they very rarely leave me with anything specifically to criticize. If you've heard a Testament album and you enjoyed it, you'll enjoy a Testament album. You know, it's going to be Testament. Unless it's, unless it's like one of the, one of the groove metal albums from like the mid nineties. I think they put out a couple of those, but like early Testament and, and recent Testament, it's fairly consistent. Um They aren't as uh, let's say consistent as ACDC, like they write that you they write more than three songs. But yeah, I can imagine that they're not um breaking new ground. So I was thinking about maybe having you listen to the new Sepultura and maybe in contrast to times when I say don't listen to any of the back catalogue, I might say listen to some of the back catalogue, because there's a history okay. with this album. So, and I think that might just provide us with a more interesting conversation than testament. That'll be an adventure. That'll be an adventure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so anyways, we're getting, we're going to come back to carnivore now. Okay. Coming Um, back to carnivore. Um, can I actually just say, so you're apologizing for hate, hate breed, but. Oh the song Another Level with Jamie Josta is the best song in this album. Yes. Uh what I'm I was what I was all on board with this song. Where I was going is that he has featured guests on these albums that I don't like, but he doesn't let anyone get in the way of it being a body count song. There's no featured there's very there's not really like oh this this featured guest is doing the entire chorus or something. Uh Amy Lee does that, I think. But th- yeah. th- but it is definitely like it's body count and Jamie Justice on the track. All you now believers, I chose to beat the beast again. Said I didn't have what it takes. Now I'm on another level. Oh, this level. <laughs> it's Body Count and Amy Lee's on the track. Yeah. It's like, so I think I've even complained about this before. I always have this issue when a song features someone else that they come on and do the most like cliche imitation of themselves. Yeah. Like if you feature Carlos Santana on an album or on a song, he's going to play the most Carlos Santana sounding guitar solo you've ever heard. Like it's going to sound like somebody making up something trying to sound like Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing with everybody anytime you feature a singer or a guitar player whatever it's going to be so cliche them in this i don't think is the case again i don't know who riley gale is um but jamie josta i i i, I knew i knew the name i didn't recognize him this did not sound like hate breed no this sounds like body count yeah and this song is so wicked this is such like a I am pumped up and I wanna kick your ass Song That's like I think the whole album is just really a really good attitude for that. I oh yeah. And it, and it really, and I, mean, it, I think it just peaked there. Yeah, and it just it it has uh it really fits the uh the typical body count topics of gun violence and police corruption and inequality and homeless getty lee. I'm sorry, what? Bump rush <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I hate the fact that you said that. I hate the fact that it took me a second to realize what you meant. I hate everything about what just happened right now. So is this your favorite episode so far? No. I hate everything. No, I don't. Um, so, I, I will admit, I, or I will say I am much less bitter feeling now than I was when we first started recording, so I'll take it. Good. Um, so how did you feel about your girl and when I'm gone? I love her. I know you do. Amy amy lee is on the one song when i'm gone and now in all fairness i will say i think this was a great example of like it's the most cliche sounding amy lee but at the same time i don't actually know if she's capable of not sounding like a cliche of herself that's kind of her thing is she sounds like herself everything about the way she sings even the melody the way like just everything about this is like that could have just been sucked out of an evanescence song um but it was great it was a nice change of pace in this album for you know the part of a song yeah but yeah um that's a perfect example of like yeah that's uh that's certainly an amy lee moment there unlike Jamie josta who i didn't even recognize and i for better or worse no hate breed fairly well um who i did not even recognize listening to him on another level yeah and and, and the musicianship on this album is just i i, think, was, I was yep i, I was going to it's we, just far to, beyond any, what anyone gives them credit for we need to talk about ernie c for just a second here because i know we've actually talked about this before uh when you made me listen to was it their rain and blood cover maybe Yeah, that I think I finally really caught on. Like this guy's good. He's incredible. He's not, he's not like, you know, I'm not going to compare him to like some of the greatest of all time, but like, he is a name that I think people need to talk about more. He is such just a solid, like heavy metal and thrash guitar player. Uh huh. And yet, he is not a name. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever seen his name said on like the ultimate guitar forums. And he absolutely should have It's it's a real shame. He is very very good. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's this whole album is. I mean, not like groove metal groovy, but this whole album grooves. It has yeah. It has a well. real. It has a real groove to it, like so that Ice T can lay down the sort of yell raps. Yes. Yes. Like he 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 does a great job um, writing these heavy metal riffs that are effectively beats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very underrated. Like I said, I really think we should like, he he had, his name should be said much more often in the guitar world. And it's, it's a huge shame that, that it's not. I'm so glad that you enjoyed body count. That's, that's, that's fun for me. That's up there with Poppy i did enjoy body count i i sometimes forget that i really should listen to them more um i mean my biggest complaint about the album is the spoken intro to when i'm gone and the, and and ace of spades i i think that you can get past this i hate it i can't i think you i'm can going pass to this. i'm going to buy this album uh rip it onto my computer and edit out the spoken intros <laughs> and then a new copy of the cd i'm not really to but i am going to be mildly annoyed every time i put those songs on yeah that, f- that five seconds you're really gonna fuck up your day <laughs> it's you know what you're know also gonna fuck up your day listening to this album is gonna fuck up your day Ice see is gonna fuck up your day yeah he probably will actually like what's gonna fuck up my day is like like this is like a great work album for me like i can like put this on and just like rage at how much i hate my boss and then i come home and fucking ice teas on ghost hunters yeah and i'm just like but you're supposed to be out there busting caps and asses (laughs) yeah i mean wait what's the show that he's actually been on like for for forever he's on one of those like crime shows oh yeah he's he plays a cop like that's one of the jokes that he plays a cop on yeah in what show i can't um... It Law, order. Law and Order. Law and Order. It's Law and okay. Order. Is that it? Yeah, he play yeah, at Law and Order SVU, he's he's played a cop for like for like a while. And like I like the fact that there is a live version of Cop Killer where he's like, It's okay, you can sing it. I play one on TV. That's oh, that's right. Oh, that's so funny. I love Ice I, T just I mean, yelling at people on Twitter. He definitely is one of those people who I'm just like, you know what? You're fun. I'm glad you exist in this world, man. And what's what's cool is, like, okay, I know that you complain about um the, the, the spoken word interest to songs, but, like, in my opinion, Ice-T seems to have more respect for, like, metal than most metal bands now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in all fairness, as much as I hate, like, random spoken bits in songs, um... Because it's like that could have been a separate like three second track, like just just do it. Yeah, you know, Michael Graves did it right on that one acoustic album, you know. Yeah. Um. But like, I think he's very, I think he's very sincere at the in the opening of of Ace of Spades, where he says, you know, we're we're paying tribute to to our biggest influences. Mm-hmm. You know, like he says that, and I'm just like, I I believe you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an Ice-T, just like he just seems to be. Very, very legitimate in that sense. Uh, he definitely seems to have, again, more respect t- towards metal than some metal bands that exist now. I mean, probably. Very probably. I mean, how much fucking trashing each other is there in, like, fucking metal anymore? Even, like, Among the Legends? Just, oh, yeah. Fucking... It's kind of gross. yeah. It's kind of Yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. It's really... <laughs> when you could be compared to uh, the brothers from Oasis like, you know you should stop, and I remember seeing, again, I'm gonna reference Ultimate Guitar a lot, but that's sort of, like, one of my daily go-to websites. Um, I forget who there was an interview with recently, and everybody said something like, these two are bickering like, uh, Liam and Noel are. And i was like, yeah, it's not a good thing. Like, these guys, these, like, heavy metal legends need to stop. Quit being children. You're 75 years old. Yeah, seriously. Anyway. Um... I'm gonna give body count eight Jamie Jostas out of ten. <laughs> eight Jamie Jostas out of ten. Uh you know what? I'm just gonna give it a solid yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm really glad that we were able to handle these uh these albums from least intense to most intense. I'm sorry that you're less intense than Tower of Power Eddie Vetter. I mean the problem is you are absolutely not wrong. <laughs> And I don't think anything gets more tame than eighty what do we say, eighty one year old Gordon Lightfoot. It's yeah, I mean if Eddie Vetter's going it be, is less intense than uh eighty one year old Gordon Lightfoot. You know what, at least he's still got that growl. You might not that, this is tr- you might not have liked Dance of the Clairvoyance, but at least he did that in it. I think I did say I do still really enjoy his voice. <laughs> I, that hasn't changed. But um yeah, no, there's definitely a lack of intensity these days. All right, podcast is over. Good.